This is Hey Beautiful, the podcast where we binge and recap every episode of How I Met Your Mother, no spoilers. So suit up, grab a sandwich, and settle in. Hey, everybody. If you don't know, I'm Caitlin, and this is our lovely host, Kate. Hi, friends. Welcome back. (laughs) And we are Hey Beautiful, the podcast recapping every episode of How I Met Your Mother. No spoilers. And today we are talking about Doe always struggle with this. Doe was a tripla. Doe was a tripla. I, clearly, I am not a New Yorker because <laughs> I struggle with that pronunciation. Get with the times, the New York times. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could, like, cuff your chin with my fist. <laughs> right. A.K.A. how to make every single real estate mistake in 30 minutes. Yeah. You guys are going to get some hot, hot tips. If you have not bought a house yet, Caitlin and I just recently both bought houses within the last, what, two years? Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, we're ready to drop some fire on you guys. Basically just say don't do what Marshall and Lily did. but Yeah, do every do exactly <laughs> what future Ted was telling you to That's do. That's right. He was very present in this episode, wasn't he? He was. I loved him. More so than episode. usual. Yeah. But first, some updates from the How You Met Your Mother universe. We were interviewed by Joj Cast, which was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's for their new season of their State of the Sitcom series. We got to talk a lot about How We Met Your Mother. There's a lot of spoilers in there and other fun facts. So if you are just watching the series for the first time, maybe you don't want to listen to it. Yeah. Save it for later. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can just search for Joj Cash on Twitter. That's J-O-J-C-A-S-T, Joj Cast, mm-hmm. um, to find the episode. Yeah, and they've got a lot of other great stuff. I think at least, I think both of them are writers. So it's a lot about um, character and plot devices and the way shows work. So I'm sure that there are a lot of other shows that y'all would also enjoy. And it was Mm -hmm. fantastic talking Mm -hmm. to them. Jay is already a huge fan. And uh, Joe started off saying that he was like, "Mm, I don't really like it all that much. And I mean, it's okay, but I wasn't like a huge fan. But then Mm -hmm. about halfway through the interview, he was like, Hmm. All right, yep. maybe I need to rewatch it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Carter and Craig, our favorite writers from the show, have a new movie in the works. Mm. Um, Craig said that they did a script workshop of it, and Josh Radner, among other actors, was there for it, for the table read, which is kind of cool. Yeah, could be at least yeah. uh, a him people reunion, not uh, an actual show reunion. There doesn't seem to be any hint of that but at least might be another vehicle for for josh to uh hop on if it if it gets made so i am freaking excited about that whatever it ends up being i'm excited and then also jason siegel is creating and starring in an amc miniseries uh it's called dispatches from elsewhere has sally field in it yes yep and you write look kate wrote this note look for them in philly this summer yeah, they're going to be, the show's going to start shooting this summer in Philadelphia, so. Oh. Keep an eye out, everyone in Philly. You might see. That's uh, exciting. A big fudge walking down the street. Could you imagine? I would freaking die. I would die if I saw any of them in person. 
anybody from I the show. would fully have a panic attack. Right? Oh my god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would not bother them, but I would I just could barely enjoy handle it. myself having a distant, no video conversation with somebody who was part of the show, never mind starred in it. Oh, I know, with Alec. I know, and everyone was yeah. like, you guys sounded like giddy little schoolgirls. I was like, yeah, Duh. it's kind of a big deal. He started the freaking salute. I mean, come on. That is such a clever little. He's, he's big stuff. He's big stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, don't miss our next live stream. It's going to be on Tuesday, April 30th at 7.30 p.m. on Patreon. And it's going to include a horror tale from Kate's recent writing adventures. Completely uh, she had real. To ask, completely real. It's completely real. <laughs> she had to ask me if it would be okay for us to record it. And I said Yes, but like very begrudgingly because it was a heavy tale and it's what I think about too often. Dude, I know. I can't imagine having seen the place. Uh, yeah. I just can't. Yeah, it's the one that last episode, Caitlin was just like deflated and then we decided to start taping. Yeah. So I figured I should tell the story. So join us. It's going to be on Patreon. So our top Mm -hmm. two tiers get to live stream with us at least once a month. And this month it's twice because we're making up for March. So, um, but you'll hear more about Patreon a little bit later this episode. Make sure to stay tuned at the end of the episode for legendary moments from listeners just like you. All right, Kate. So let's get into Dowisa Tripla. Yes. This episode of Hey Beautiful is brought to you by our Patreon Almighty Five level members, Russell and Tish. Thank you both for your support, and to all of our patrons, you are truly legendary. To support the show and get cool How I Met Your Mother perks each month, visit patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. This is Season 3, Episode 7, Episode Doe Tripla. And Kate and I noticed something interesting throughout some of the research for this episode. We saw that this episode was formerly known as The Homewrecker. Mm-hmm. And at some point it was changed. And I was thinking it was probably um, sometime at or before season five, episode 20, because there is an episode called Homewreckers. Which makes a lot more sense. A lot more sense. Yeah. Dovisa Tripla is perfect. I love it. It's perfect. Yeah. But I couldn't find anything about specifically, you know, saying why it had been changed or when it had been changed. Just mm. FKA. So you were thinking it, it it stayed that way for a few years and then got switched back. I guess that would make sense. Yeah, because I wasn't really, you couldn't binge and watch unless you're buying them on iTunes. Right. Yeah, maybe when it went to, so, to DVD or something. Yeah. Interesting. I've only known it as Doe Tripla, but I didn't watch same the episode the seasons um, one by one. The like, episodes does anybody one have by a one. TV guide? Yeah, that's probably where I would <laughs> say it. And otherwise, it's kind of into the into oblivion with it. This episode first aired on November fifth, two thousand and seven. So right around the time of the financial crisis. Whoops. Hmm. And was written by Brenda Shea. Lady writer! Lady writer! <laughs> Last time we saw her was back in season two with How Lily Stole Christmas. Woo-hoo. I maintain that Grinch was cunt, but we don't need to get into that yeah. right now. <laughs> That's canon for us. So Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and this is the last of the five episodes that she wrote for the show. Something she's... 
um, written for that is currently in post-production. It's called Star Wars Detours. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a comedic look at some of our favorite characters' more mundane moments during the reign of the Empire. Oh, cool. So I would watch it. I saw it was created by George Lucas, but I'm not sure if they just have to give him credit because it's his characters. Yeah, maybe. But he's not the best with ideas. <laughs> so. So he's just kind of on there like, I'm the original. Right. Like that you just sense. have to you have to credit him. Yeah, they do that on one day at a time. Oh, yeah. As well. So that makes sense. I didn't see anything else that was really current, but I did see she was a producer for the show, Melissa and Joey. Oh, wow. And uh, then I realized, like, I enjoy being shady and calling out projects like that. Yeah, you're a bitch. It's great. I'm such a bitch. (laughs) I'm so sorry. But, hey, you know, there's a market for it because it was made. That's right. people watched it. That's right. Um, and yeah. so this is her last episode that she writes yeah. for. Oh, well, this is a good one to go out on. It was a great one to go out on. Well, good job, Brenda Shea. We'll send you off in style. With a little salute on our French horn. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> <laughs> and our director, as always, is Pam Fryman. Future Ted tells us and the kids that everybody makes mistakes. Like this girl, Meg. She makes a mistake of going out with Barney. And we only get a tiny bit of information about her in the beginning. And it's honestly all we need to know because bitches cray. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Stage so five clinger. She's even looks crazy, like her crazy eyes. She has crazy eyes more than Chloe did. Yes. Um, all right. So let's just do like a, a spectrum, like our Brad Pitt spectrum. Chloe, blah, blah, Meg. Where does Meg fall in the crazy eyes? Is is she crazier than blah blah, or is she mid ground? Mid ground. I agree with that. Yeah, I think that's fair. She's got she's <laughs> redeemable. I feel like blah blah is no gone. She's just terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Chloe is not doesn't have a lot of life experience. Maybe. Yeah. She does tear up the apartment. True. I forgot that. So maybe she's like secretly crazier than Meg, but Meg has the full she crazy eyes. She at least holds eyes. it together. Yeah. yeah. She has a full crazy eyes. Yeah. Um, and we hear about her ex and how there's commitment issues mm-hmm. and how that's a whole three weeks she'll never get back. Red flags. And Barney just sees that this is his way in. So mm-hmm. he tells her that he loves commitment and he wishes he could marry it. One of these days, something like this is going to backfire on him, you know? Because, <laughs> like, wow. He's just p- playing with the beast at this point. Oh. I feel like if I heard a girl say that, I'd be like, yikes. I was but I mean, I guess like that's... cartoon tiptoe backwards. Yeah, right. And then Kool-Aid man through the bar wall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at the apartment, we see Barney and Ted with a bunch of empty blind fox beer on the table. Mm-hmm. And Barney's explaining how he met Meg who was so perky and full of life and not at all fake. So basically just describing her boobs, right? Yep. Yep. And uh, Ted asks him to paint a word picture. (laughs) And Barney then adopts this little Irish accent and says, picture the head of two Irish babes. And we end up seeing that Lily and Marshall are just a few feet away trying to enjoy a romantic dinner together. And Lily looks horrified. There's candles and everything. <laughs> like there was an effort made. God. You know? 
Yeah, and this happens. I mean, this is a classic Himium trope. They do this a lot. But usually it's Marshall and Lily being gross, and then Ted, you know, they zoom out, and there's yeah. Ted sitting on the couch. Please don't. Please don't. Please stop, yeah. right? So yeah. this is a, a flip of that on its head. Mm-hmm. And Ted's just getting gross, I think. But we'll get there. Yeah. Future Ted narrates that when you get married, you start to outgrow certain parts of your relationship. And we get more information similar to that first scene. You know, um, Lily walking in on Ted, shaving, not his face. (laughs) Um, Barney and Robin smoking cigars and being loud and watching a fight with Ted at 3 a.m. And there's just a ton of tension brewing under the surface. And finally, it all comes to a head when Ted left the peanut butter jar unopened. (laughs) <laughs> and Marshall has this great rant, and he calls out that he feels like he's living in the real world house, but not the beginning when they all had jobs and were socially conscious. He's talking about Hawaii and after. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I wrote down break it, break this down for the kids because I feel like oh yeah, they won't they won't get fully it. appreciate it. Some people um, who are younger might not really know about the real world all that much because right now. The only thing that's left of the real world road rules world is the challenge, which just like keeps going and going and going. Oh, with the same people over and over again? Oh, they're like 50 years old and just like bloated alcoholics. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, But so the real world. (laughs) Cash cow, that fucking. Cash cow. I mean, I watched it forever. MTV keeps milking. I watched it forever. Um, But so the real world was like one of the first reality shows Mm -hmm. way back in the day. It was really just really real people. I think it was the first reality show. It might have been. In that in that way. In that, that way. Format. So, you know, six or seven roommates pick to live in a house, share their lives, or, you know, what happens when things stop being polite. And start getting real, the real world. I used to hold know that whole thing. And oh. any of us who had a video camera made a fake real world. I definitely did it. And I was Obviously. the closeted lesbian before I came out or knew I was gay. Is that how you, like... I didn't even know I was, like, doing... Like, being in the closet is a very weird thing. Anyway, um, so back then it was really about being real. And it was these people, they had jobs. Like they all had different jobs or they all worked together, it depended. Mm-hmm. But then Hawaii happened. It was just like naked debauchery the entire it, time. The whole time. It was a fucking blast, though. I mean, that's what people wanted to see. Like people getting carried out with alcohol poisoning and that was fights my, and boobies. Honestly, like the last episodes that I really watched. That you watched? Yeah. Um, my favorite season was Seattle because Lindsay had the big curly red hair. Oh. oh. my God. I was in love with her. Irene was fucking crazy. But she wasn't. No, in, she was. In hindsight. <laughs> she was fucking crazy. Steven's gay though. Okay. She's, he fucking slapped her for saying he's gay. Ugh. And he is. But she was being a little bitch. She was being a little bitch. Wow. You're not, you're anti-Irene? I fucking loved Irene. She was such a cunt. I loved it. Um, eh. But yeah, so that's real world, and that's why Marshall is having this thing. There was also road rules, which was basically real world in an RV, <laughs> and they would go do challenges and stuff. So, Wait, I lied. Back to New York was the last one I watched. I oh, didn't that watch was a good New one. Orleans, but I loved, loved Coral. New Orleans was good. New Orleans was pretty good. I didn't watch that one. Um, but Hawaii was fucking crazy. Crazy with tech. Yeah. And um, what's her name? 
Ayana, no, not Amaya, Ayana, Amaya, and Ruthie, Remember of Ruthie? course. Yep. Um, and the other bitch that was just like always topless, Kaya. Was it Kaya? Are you looking at it right now? Margaret Kaya. Kaya. So she had like a different name. Okay, Kaya. Would you move to Hawaii? That's probably what happened. So anyway, that's real world. And that's why this line just, I just, every time I hear it, I die laughing. Because it is so true. Oh my God, do you remember Las Vegas? Oh, that was a shit. That was a shit show. show. I do remember watching for me. Some of that's that. when the show like went off the f- complete deep end. Like, yeah, Hawaii is when it turned left, and then Las Vegas is when it just like went off a cliff. Back to New York wasn't bad, but yeah, Back to oh New York my- was with The Miz, right? That was yep. Mike. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. And I remember Bryn became like a hugely popular Bryn. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. A lot of Bryns in AOL chat rooms. <laughs> a lot of Bryns in AOL chat rooms. Get out of here. What a time capsule, huh? Back to the show that we're actually talking about. We've been talking this whole season about this divide between Marshall and then Barney and Ted. And this is another moment where things, it really shows how much their lives have diverged. Because Ted sitting there with Barney and Robin watching boxing at three in the morning with cigars and just being When Marshall has the bar exam the next day. I know. That's not him. It doesn't seem like him at all. And luckily, I, I like, looked ahead to future episodes, and I saw that it really is going somewhere. Like, Ted is going toward kind of a rock bottom Mm -hmm. that I forgot was in this season. So I'm glad that it's not just, like, filling time and that it won't get resolved. Like, he will be confronted with his bullshit eventually, which is good. Yeah, and so now they want to move out, right? Yep, that's it. Enough's enough. Enough's enough. They got to move. You know, Marshall and Ted, just like in the duel, they can't talk about real things. So Marshall confronts Ted about the fucking peanut butter when really he wants to say, none of this is working anymore. We need to have our own place. Right. Um, But whatever it takes, I guess, he's not wrong. I mean, they're married. Yeah, that's... That's true. It is time for them to get their own place. Mm. Um, but one thing we had to point out is that it wasn't Ted who left the jar. <gasps> that's right. The lid off the jar. Yeah, it was Lily. Interesting. And that's a, mm-hmm. a little theme that will come back later. But yeah, as a married person now, I could never live with someone else in my house sharing my kitchen and bathroom. No. No fucking way. Like, we rent our upstairs, and that is as close to other people as I want to be in my own house. And I feel like it's worse with your friends because there are just no boundaries. Like there's no permission asking. It's just everyone feels like comfortable enough to do whatever they want. And right. Absolutely not. Down at the bar, Lily has on a very ugly dress. Holy with the shit. giant gem like appliques. Everything she wore was horrendous. This, yeah. So bad, so that Bang Watch 2019 is basically. I didn't. I they Obsolete. were fine. I know. I said that northward progress seems to have stalled at the moment, and so the focus was just on the fucking ugly outfits. And I mean, I'm guessing a lot of times, like couture, like fashiony things are kind of ugly. So maybe they wanted to give her these like really insane outfits to show like she's spending all this crazy money on something like that because I almost assume if something is that aggressively ugly it was very expensive because if you're wearing it proudly do you know what I mean because th- those are the things um that you know people spend a lot of money on is these daring uh ensembles 
And it makes me think of um, this week on SNL, they had this sketch called Fashion Coward. And it was basically okay. like, <laughs> you got to watch it because I feel like you and I are like in the, this boat. It's okay. like, we're not, a, we're not a store built for like fashion trendsetters. We're fashion coward. And so it's like blue shirt, pants for legs, <laughs> just like really basic shit. And then it's like, can't decide between buttons or V-necks. We put both together and it's like the half, like the half button tunics. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then at the end, it's like fashion coward. It's just Ann Taylor. (laughs) (gasps) But yeah, so it was the exact opposite basically of what Lily is doing in this episode. Marshall's eating a delicious hot dog and they are looking for apartments. He finds one uh, that sounds beautiful. But it's not for rent. It's for sale. Mm -hmm. And this is when we start to see future Ted really interfering in this story and trying to teach his kids a whole lot of lessons in this episode Mm because it's a lot of money. Um, So we see this idea dawn on Marshall and the camera freezes. It's his face. Yeah, this real excited face. And future Ted says, Uncle Marshall made three big mistakes in his life. One was jumping off the roof with cardboard wings and helium-filled balloons as a child. The second was, I'm so glad they said this, the wedding hair. Yes. It was so great to have that callback because they could have just picked some other silly thing. But we have the history. We have the history. That's right. And so that was incredible. And really, that's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And this was their third, his third big mistake. Let's buy an apartment. Ooh. And then we see him say basically everything that young people are told and also say when they're first looking at houses, that real estate's always a great investment. Future Ted corrects. It's not. It's not. The market is really hot right now. It wasn't. It wasn't. And it was about to be ice cold. Yeah. Thanks to the 2008 crash. And then um, thanks to his new job with sex machine Jeff Coatsworth, they're oh. in a strong place financially. Marshall doesn't know what we know, which is Mm -hmm. that Lily has a huge problem. And so it smash cuts to Lily and Robin in this church basement at some kind of an Addicts Anonymous meeting. I don't know if it's just for shoppers or everybody, Mm -hmm. um, but she introduces herself and says she has 15 maxed out credit cards. I don't even want to know what the limits are on those that she had, but that's it's got to be a lot of money. I've I've been wondering if it's more than Marshall's law school debt. I feel like it might it might be. I also think Robin made Lily go. I mm-hmm. don't think that she would have gone because no. she just keeps talking about how she doesn't really have a problem. She's doing it to shut Robin up. Exactly. Just do a little something, and then Robin will forget. So back in present day, Lily tell Lily tells Marshall that they can't buy they have too much debt but she doesn't specify that it's hers so again she's just gonna not tell him um and i don't know how long she plans to do this because does she think they'll just never buy a house that marshall from the fucking midwest isn't going to want to buy some real estate and put roots down because i mean have you met him exactly so how long are you going to deprive him of this dream i mean he talks about her dream but this is his dream clearly Mm-hmm. Just gonna rent forever to hide your huge problem. She's hiding it, but the wheels are in motion for this secret to come out, and 
it's just got to feel terrible every time he talks about it. Mm-hmm. And um, poor Marshall assumes that she's talking about his Columbia Law School loans, which I'm sure aren't cheap, but uh, Lily just lets him believe that that's what it's about. And then she also tries to soften his eventual reaction to her debt by saying things like, oh, I forgive you for your debt. And as your wife, I understand that a brand name law school, like brand name clothes, make you feel makes you feel good and pretty. I love that part. <laughs> yeah. So Marshall looks a little confused, but he hasn't really caught on yet. But this is the first mention of a number. So she says that his law school was tens of thousands of dollars of debt. So we mm-hmm. have to assume that it's on par with whatever her debt is. It's got to be up there. But Marshall still wants to go look at the place. No matter what Lily says, nothing has unconvinced him. And so they see that it's in a little neighborhood you've probably heard of, if of you're course. cool. If you're a New Yorker. If you're a real New Yorker, you know about Doa Satripla. While Marshall and Lily are checking the apartment out, we get to meet their real estate agent, <gasps> Margaret. Oh, yeah. Who was played by Maggie Wheeler, also known as... Janice. That's right, from Friends. Yay. Who she reminds me of a grown up Soleil Moonfry. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see yeah. that. But she's, you know, flitting around the apartment, straightening throw pillows mm-hmm. and, and whatnot, and kind of does like the very insulting, oh, you're you're not New Yorkers and you don't know about the neighborhood. Do is a tree, but it's just something that we do to shorten the name of neighborhoods, you know, Soho, Mm-mm. Tribeca, Nolita. Trying to be like very exclusive. Yeah, and also all of those neighborhoods, it's not we, it's literally real estate agents who make those up to make yeah. neighborhoods, to gentrify neighborhoods basically and make them seem cool and hip and safe. I didn't yeah. know that until recently when I started watching like those million dollar listing shows where they just try to like take a neighborhood and just rename it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So don't buy it, friends. Don't buy into the bullshit. When someone says it's up and coming, that means they're about to kick all the poor people out. Exactly. Or there's no movement either. That was something that where my parents lived, they were told it was an up and coming neighborhood because it was a quiet little dead end road. Yeah. Up and coming. Where would it up to? Where would it go to? Just more families would be moving in. I mean, I feel like there's a house on every lot. That's just so strange. Yeah, that's really weird. So Marshall interrupts her spiel with a listen. I'm going to stop you right there with the hard sell. Because he knows his apartment is way out of the price range and they can't afford it. Just kidding. Mm. We got future Ted back to spill the tea and tells us that no, that's what he should have said. But instead, he totally loses his cool. And it's like, I love it. Let's get it. Yeah. So first huge lesson. Well, first of all, know the finances of you and your partner. Second, Mm -hmm. do not fall in love with the first house you step foot into. It's really hard. It's hard. I was doing it a lot. And that's why we fought so much. But try not to. This was the second house we looked at. It wasn't the first, On the first day of looking. The first house we looked at, just we happened. It was... A never going to happen, but mm. wanted to see it. Yeah. Old 1700s Ugh. colonial house Fuck with rocky, up. like rolly floors, mm. uneven everything. Love it. 
indoor plumbing is a nightmare. And I said to Chris, please, 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 please. <laughs> we can go see this one at 11 and go to the open house at noon. And he said, fine. And then he walked into this house, took two steps in, turned around, looked at me. I hadn't even crossed the threshold. <laughs> and he said, this is the house we're going to buy. Now, you had a very specific situation, though. The situation was this woman was going to live in your house forever, and then she had to move, right? So she put so much love and care. This was not just a normal house going up for sale. Mm-mm. So once in a while, something magical like that will happen. And it was only a two-bedroom. Right. No, like that was so in our favor. Right, exactly. And that, and no. not in favor of a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, on the opposite side of things, Liz and I looked at a lot of houses and yeah. almost thought we were never going to find something that both of us liked. But for a long time, every time we went into a house, I immediately like pictured myself in that house. So I recommend going to a house you know you're going to hate. Mm-hmm. It will cleanse your palate and show you that you do not have to love everything you go to. <laughs> so then you can go to the next house with a little more... Um, perspective. A little more perspective, Gravitas. a little more control over your fucking emotions. Because <laughs> I wanted us to move into like this eight bedroom fucking haunted house on like a busy street. <laughs> was like, I was like, my grandmother's soul feels it like it's in this house. Like you gotta have a palate cleanser. Like I walked into this little shitty like flipped house. Yeah. And if you've been in a flip house, you know exactly what it looks like. Gray cabinets. All the same. Stainless steel everything, fake marble countertops, you know, breakfast nook or breakfast bar, excuse me, on an island. Like everything looks like HD TV. Check, 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 check. All shit I don't like at all. So Mm -hmm. I walked in and I was like, no. And my our realtor was like, good. I'm glad you don't love this house. Like, do you know what I mean? She was like, this is a big moment that you're not dying to live in every single house. So keep that in mind, guys. We also didn't have real estate agents. Okay. That's another thing that you should definitely have that these people did not. So don't listen to anything Caitlin has to say about her experience. No, I agree. I think you should. I wish we had. (laughs) I mean, we ended up doing fine in our sale, but it just... Would have. How did you? <clears throat> we'll talk offline about how that even happened because that's insane. I can't imagine. <laughs> I'm growling about it. They call all their friends to come see the place, which is very sweet. Do. Very sweet of them. They are all. We all already know how mm-hmm. up in each other's butts they are about their lives. My mom, my dad, my sister, my family all came to look at the house for the open house because everyone wanted to see. Oh, it. that's cute. Hey, my sister and I were both house hunting at the same time. Oh, that's fun and competitive. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. When Liz and I were looking, my sister was not looking. And then all of a sudden she's like, uh, you know, keys on the front porch, like, just bought this house. It's got a fucking, like, pizza oven in the backyard, all, like, hand, like, the whole house was constructed by the man who moved out. Like, this insane house that we could never afford, this, like, copper tub in the in the master bedroom and we're just like cool we're gonna die renting but it all worked out it all worked out so ted seems to be the only one who is not buying this doas tripla bullshit Mm -hmm. and this kind of checks out like he's not from new york but of all of them he seems to know and appreciate the city the most we see that you know when they're um, pretending to be from missouri Yeah, You know, he knows where they're going and all that stuff. Um, So he says, I thought this part of town was water. 
And he's not wrong. It sounds like it was probably built up on a on a swampy situation. So he says that he's never heard of docetripla and asks if it's an abbreviation for something and if only if if only, only. he had p- pushed on that a little bit, but Marshall is quick to oh, brush oh scoff. He's from Ohio. Like you're not from fucking Minnesota, bitch. I know. Getting taken I for a ride know. by this lady. Ted's talking to Marshall and he's like I'm so excited about this place. I can really see myself starting a family here and we see this flashback <laughs> flash of, forward or flash forward that's right of him playing in a band with his three sons and there's all this all these posters yeah right pickledy pickledy on the walls really mature looking up apartment in the yeah, in the city and lily comes in with a baby on one hip and then chocolate pancakes in the other hand, just looking really like a cool mom who's had four kids. That, like necklace, yeah. a red dress. Little choker. Yeah. Baby on her hip. Oh, it's like Marshall's dream. <laughs> and so it's basically like the way he grew up with an added kid. So he wants three boys just like mm-hmm. the Ericsons had. So we're going to see later like the also the disconnect in their idea of what the future looks like. Yes. Which is yeah. crazy. Yes. Um, so meanwhile, Robin has dragged Lily into the kitchen and is like, what are you doing? She is the relentless uh, mm-hmm. conscience for Lily. Lily's like, I don't know. I know that I shouldn't do this, but I don't know what to say to Marshall. And Robin says, tell him it's haunted. Oh. And I just love how disappointed Lily is. You really don't know Marshall at all. <laughs> so true. And this haunting idea will come back around for this apartment mm-hmm. in a few episodes. Barney pulls aside the agent and tells her that he's interested. And at first we think he's pulling what he did with Marshall where he stole all the girls from him, right? Like, mm-hmm. fuck you, Barney. But it turns out he confesses to Ted uh, that he just wants to trick Meg into sleeping <laughs> with him and then never have to see her again. So we're a little relieved. At this point, although he would have been doing them a fucking favor buying it. So the agent's really laying it on again. She's got cookies and she's doing Mm -hmm. like a classic realtor thing of saying there's another couple who's really serious about this place. And even though it's only happened once, the freeze frame where we think he said one thing, but it's really another. We kind of already know that Marshall is not saying what we first hear him say, which is please yeah, this is like page one out of the realtor playbook. Like, I know what you're doing. It's like, Marshall, no, you don't. And so eventually he says, sell it to us. We'll give it to you for so much more money. Or we'll give you so much more money for it. And um, Lily pulls him aside and she tries to steer him off the course. But then he asks her to start imagining a family mm-hmm. in this place. And we see her idea of the future, which is parallel, but like, Parallel universe. Yeah. Um, So it's her with two children, daughters. She, of course, already has the names in mind, Persephone and Daphne, Mm -hmm. like Greek goddesses or Greek mythology people. And they're all painting together in these like really old timey painting smocks for this upcoming mother daughter exhibit at the Met. At the Met, yeah. It's so insane. And Marshall comes in, <clears throat> not looking like himself, just like she really wasn't looking like herself. And he has this turtleneck on. I love the turtleneck. It's so good. And like a puppy instead of a baby. And mm-hmm. then instead of pancakes, 
crepes of chocolat. <laughs> and the a little, little kids, fancier. Merci, Papa. <laughs> That's definitely more my fantasy than the fucking rock band, but... Oh, God. So they are just not on the same page at all. And then back in modern day, instead of the flash forward, Lily tells Marshall that they can't do it. There's just too much debt to buy. Psych. That's not what she said. Ted lets us know. And so after this little fantasy, she's just in love with the place and she just says, we want it. Can we fucking charge it? Hey, Caitlin. Guess what? What? I'm about to tell you something you already know. That Hey Beautiful has a Patreon. What? I just wanted to take a minute to tell you all about the cool stuff you get at the different levels. Our first tier is called the Self 5 tier. Yes, all the tiers are named after... Barney's High Fives. You will get access to McLaren's, our Patreon community. You're going to hear our episodes a day earlier than anybody else. You're going to get your entire email read stem to stern when you write in. Yeah, this is legendary moments. Uh, This is fan questions. Anything you want to send us, we will read the entire thing on air instead of cutting it down for time. And also, you'll get to see any bonus photos and other little content that Caitlin and I put in there. Our next level is the freeze frame high five. And for just $5 or more per month, you get access to McLaren's. Plus, you get to hear bonus mini-sodes and watch bonus videos whenever Kate and I feel like making them. And you also get access to uh, RSVP for any Hey Beautiful events before other people. So any meetups that we might do, live tapings, any sort of thing that we can think of that people are interested in, you would get access to that first. Yes. And also, if uh, we end up selling merch, y'all will know about it first. That'll be another perk as well. Minisodes include full-length interviews. So we have one up there right now um, from us and Alec Lev. The second half of that is not going to be released probably until June. You could be listening to the whole thing right now. The next tier is High Six. And that's $10 or more per month. High six level patrons receive everything we just talked about, plus a pre-episode live stream with me and Caitlin at least once a month. We sit down a half hour early. We log in with you guys and we chat for a little bit before we tape the show. Also, you'll be part of our McLaren's book club and you'll get a personalized book recommendation every single month. This month's book, which has already been announced, is set in Ted Mosby's hometown. And one of the coolest things I think we do is every single month we put out a How I Met Your Mother themed recipe. My favorite for sure. Yeah. And once you're in, you can go back and see all the recipes we've done. You can look at all of the books we've recommended. All of it Mm -hmm. is just in there waiting for you. Our last and final tier is the Almighty Five. For $20 or more per month, you get everything Kate and I already talked about. In addition, you will be considered a Hey Beautiful sponsor. And that means you get a shout out every single episode for you, for your business, for whoever you'd like. And you will get a tarot reading every month from Kate. It's really cool. Patreon.com slash HeyBeautifulPod. Sign up and come join your friends at McLaren's. Speaking of McLaren's, everyone is at the bar Mm. toasting Marshall and Lily and their very adult moment as they then chug their drinks. Wendy comes over and asks if they want anything else. And 
Marshall says that he's been staring at that thing for years and orders the comically large bottle of champagne. <laughs> Wendy starts to try and get him to change his mind, but he tells her, Honey, once you've made the sale, stop selling. I love that line. Me too. Lily tells Robin that she has it all figured out not to worry because she's going to have Marshall apply for the loan in just his name. And he'll never know. And in the meantime, Lily can slowly pay down her debt after she finishes the apartment, of course. But she never told him that's what she wanted to do. Like, did she think she was, whatever, don't do this, kids. <laughs> Just don't, don't do Just it. Just be honest. I oh, mean, my God. And I mean, it could work. I know some. I know a married couple who did this, who had the, the person who made more money apply for the loan. But that's because they, like, knew each other's situation. Yeah. You can't just, like, walk in there and just say, oh, just put it on his tab. Like, whew, financial literacy should be taught in schools. Meanwhile, Ted is pointing a cork the size of a softball right at Wendy's face and, of course, hits her right in the eye just like Lily. And just like Lily, it's the same scream as it is from the pilot. That's right. I went back and checked. Yep. Yep. Great callback to the pilot. And again, we have we had future Ted jump in there and have Marshall stop Ted before he's able to whack Wendy in the eye with a cork. But mm-hmm. we find out that doesn't happen. Yep. Poor Wendy. Mm-hmm. So then we get another great tip from future Ted about buying a house, and that is go see the place at night. Go inside, uh, sit out. What we would do is we would, like, sit outside and, like, turn our – like turn our lights and everything off to like hear what it's like around mm-hmm. the house. Um, specifically, there was one we were looking at that was kind of close to like a like a a utility substation, and we wanted mm-hmm. to know if we could hear it, and we totally could. And it's something Aww. you wouldn't notice during the day because there were cars and everything, but when it's quiet, you want it to be fucking quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely agree with this. At least drive by at night and see what the situation is around the house if you can't go and actually visit it after dark, which is also a good idea. I did not do that. Yeah, yeah see, don't do any of don't the things do anything I did. Caitlin did. Caitlin got fucking so lucky. Not a lot of people do not get that lucky. <laughs> no, it's true. We did get very lucky yeah. with this place. So take your time buying a house. Mm-hmm. More often than not, it will be worth it. You will find the place you're supposed to be. Trust me. I did not think we would, and we did. We hear this great piece of advice, but it's not Marshall and Lily checking out the apartment after dark. It's Barney bringing Meg to the house. Because inexplicably, the realtor gave him the combination to the lockbox, which I thought was insane. Yeah. Barney goes into the kitchen to get them drinks, and Meg picks up this picture, and she says, who are these people? She looks very confused, and he says, oh, those are my parents, but he can't see what she's picked up. (laughs) And Meg just says, they're Asian. <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, it, they're a Chinese couple that wanted a white baby. It works both ways. It works both ways. <laughs> so funny. And uh, he comes out with the realtor's cookies and, of course, claims that he made them thanks to his sisters teaching him. Oh, my God. And Meg is just ready to move right in and just be the woman of the house. Mm-hmm. And Barney is just really playing it up. And he calls, he, she just says, you know, you make me feel so safe. It's like he's inside her brain. Oh, it's so scary. You know? And, of mm-hmm. course, she just pounces on him as soon as he said that. So this is like shooting fish in a barrel for him. 
The next day at the mortgage broker's office, there we see um, Marshall and Lily in the midst of applying for their mortgage. And the loan officer is played by Phil Lewis. Yeah. And he was on the show Sweet Like Life of Zach and Cody. And he played somebody named Mr. Mosby. That's right. And he is also a weed and verse crossover. He was on an episode of Buffy. Oh. He was a school counselor that gets eaten. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yep. So he's got a couple things. Uh, did you see the kind of scary shit in his past? No. He was drunk and killed a woman with his car. Like Brandy? I forgot that happened with Brandy. I didn't. I think about it at least once a year. Oh, my God. <laughs> so he was like, it was in 91, I think, and he was three times over the legal limit. Oh, shit. I think he only had to go to prison for a little while because after the crash, he, you know, he felt horrible. He started doing theater workshops in prisons. Oh. And so the judge, like, really uh, recognized his work on that. So he mm. didn't. Okay. I don't know if he actually went to jail. I think he, there was, like, probation involved or something. But oh. I saw that and I couldn't believe it because he's so funny. And then now when I watch him, I'm like, oh, my God, there's, like, that sadness underneath. There must yeah. be. It's Oh, that's tough. But anyway, he's an amazing character actor. Born in Uganda, which I no also shit. didn't know. That's, yeah, man. That's way more exciting. Than killing someone? But the other part's real heavy. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm it's, sorry. it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. It's it's fine. I mean, it's not fine. Someone's dead, Caitlin. I know. <laughs> Thanks. So Marshall and Lily giving are giving out their social security numbers, but Lily hesitates because I mean, can women even own property? <laughs> she tried it. And all right, Aldrin. You didn't even change right. your name. Come on. Right. No one's buying it, buddy. But Lily starts to panic, and she can't hide it anymore, and so she quickly gives out her social security number, and he gets it. Lily's, like, panicking. You can tell she's so uncomfortable, but it the first hurdle was cleared. They got approved for 18%, Ooh. which is three times the amount Marshall was hoping for. Not a good percentage, guys. No, not at all. Not a good percentage. But come to find out, they're lucky to be getting a loan at all. And Marshall was feeling really guilty because he thought it was because of his student loan debt. And Mm. Mr. Mosby quickly corrects him that, no, 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 no. It's because of Lily's credit card debt. And he turns the screen and you can see all these numbers all over the screen. And Marshall's horrified. Face crack. Yeah. Marshall has a legitimate face crack in this moment. I rewatched that moment because his reaction is so uh, realistic. So realistic. And so this marks the second time this episode where Marshall has been just indignant and spouting off and like blaming somebody for shit his fucking wife did two times in a row. Yep. This is also making me not li- love Lily so much. I know. The fact that even through all of that, she still doesn't tell him. Yeah. That this stranger has to tell him. Yep. I don't know if she's my number two anymore. <gasps> I really don't. Wow. At least not right now. It might change. But right now. Barnacle. Creeping up. Barnacle might be creeping up. Or even Ted. I don't know. (gasps) I don't know. I think there's just an open spot. Okay. I think I'm taking applications. Okay. 
and I don't know who it's going to be, but Lily is just impulsive and immature and all of it back to back. Lily's one Do- strike away. She's on thin ice with you. Yeah. <laughs> She's on thin ice. And also the look that Marshall gives her right before it goes to black. Mm. He just like is incredulous that she that she hid this from him. Yeah. So then comes hands down the best scene of the I'm episode. I'm so glad you get to talk about it. It is so good. It's delicious. It's just full crime procedural. I did have very good notes. I just want to let you know. Well, pipe up. I will. Jump in. Well, just like the way it was like laid out. Yeah. And so it's one of, it's one that's great from jump if you're paying attention to Ted. Because Barney, you got that? Yes. Barney and Robin are talking. Ted walks into the apartment and then just freezes (laughs) as if there's something amiss in the air. He's got that look. Yeah, he's like, something smells off, right? And you just, like, see his back just, like, frozen on the way to his bedroom. We get this flashback to the morning because Robin and Barney are talking, and we see Barney and Meg waking up in the house Mm -hmm. of this poor Asian couple that are not in the country, right? Meg is right at home in this owner's bathrobe, and Barney is completely dressed. He's ready to go. He is. It's like he's been up for hours, right? Yep. Probably has. So he tells her um, that her mom can come stay with them and also that she should get in the shower and he'll make waffles. He says, I love you. Like, He's not taking really, it back, though. Just really rubbing it in before he leaves. And it made me wonder if Barney was enjoying playing house a little bit. Oh. He looks like it, but I had figured it from more of like a sadistic. I think it is. I mean, I think he obviously... I don't think he likes hurting people. I think he likes using them. Toying. Manipulating. Yeah. So I think he was sort of, he wanted her to feel comfortable enough that she wouldn't question anything that was about to happen. But I also think based on how he sort of warmed up to Lily living with him. Yeah. That's a really good point. Because he didn't need to say any of that stuff. I think he just was kind of, he's playing house. Yeah. Seeing how it felt. Um, Trying to emphasize. Yeah. And I just love the smoothness of his motion. Like, he kisses her. She goes to the shower. He puts down his cup. He picks up his his jacket. And then, without looking back, just in a very calm gait, just right to the door. Matter of fact, like, purposeful. She's, like, barely in the bathroom. Yeah. And he's gone. Yep. A magician. A A master magician. So in present day, it turns out he's also used Robin's apartment in a similar fashion. Mm-hmm. And we learn that her dad lives in Vancouver. Little Robin fact. Yeah. Ted senses that there has been a fight in the apartment. And I said that this is such a unique way to show the fight while also involving the rest of the cast in the main storyline. It's like Boondock Saints. Is, is it that what it's from? Is that Are they doing like a riff on that? Kind of. Like Willem Dafoe like reconstructs the scenes after the fact, like by picking up the evidence, looking at it, talking oh, about yes. it, analyzing it. I've seen And then you see it. it play out. Okay. So it is like that. Yeah. Or like a lot of like CSIs and stuff. And, like, they could have just shown Marshall and Lily having a fight. But we've seen that, right? So Mm -hmm. this is, like, this new way. It adds a little mystery. Like, is he right? Is he wrong? And, obviously, the comedy of it. Just rife for that. Ted was excellent. So good. This is a great Ted episode. Uh, We learned about the Mosby boys for the first time. Love. 
a.k.a. Ted and his sister. And that is so right up our alley because we had countless, countless weird groups and we did weird shit as kids. Hell yeah. The best. Hell yeah. We did like the boxcar children. Oh yeah. We did fucking everything. Everything. So Robin starts out skeptical about this whole uh, crime scene, but Barney is immediately the detective wingman. Slapping Robin's hand. Don't touch the evidence. Don't like, touch the in. evidence. If Ted's in, he's in. Uh, so w- first we see this, the peeled label on the bottle, which symbolizes Lily's guilt. And we get this grainy, like, uh, Dateline reenactment mm-hmm. flashback. Shaky of, camera. Yeah, of Lily on the, ca- on the couch being upset. And then we learn that when Marshall gets angry, he eats. Mm-hmm. Same. Same. Just everything about it. He's like, Ted picks up the the melted ice cream from the floor with a pencil so as not to disturb. get his fingerprints on it. Disturb yeah. the evidence, right? I just love the line, Marshall stood here eating and yelling, yelling and eating. <laughs> and again, we get more grainy camera work. Of him like housing. Yeah. And then screaming and then eating more. And Ted predicts correctly that Lily's bra is shoved behind some cushions because she had gone for the Hail Mary pass, which we saw in um, the end of season one mm-hmm. uh, when she leaves for San Francisco that she just jumps on him. You got to check out the blooper reel for this season because there's a great one of Barney when he first grabs the bra and Robin grabs it from him and he just <laughs> keeps like like smelling his hand. It's, it's just disgusting, but Neil Patrick Harris so is So on point with that character. So good. And then I I think the bra is where Robin sort of starts buying into this theory. Because the next thing that happens, Ted says that Marshall stormed out and Robin is so excited that she noticed that the picture is crooked. She can't wait to find it She's part of the Mosby boys. Nice catch, Rook. I loved that line. I know. He is just fucking feeling himself. He is like completely regressed. And so... Now that they know what happened, Ted wants to know why, and he starts to think about it, but Robin says, oh, I definitely know what it's about, because she's the only one that knows about Lily's stuff, but Ted just dismisses her by saying, there's a reason your name is Robin, not Batman. Oh, I love, love, love that one. (laughs) What a sick burn. He's convinced it's about the peanut butter, because there, again, is the peanut butter without the lid, and he does this amazing CSI Miami Sunglasses moment. Which was your cane. Yeah, huge in uh, 2007 was the joke that this guy would just like put on his glasses and like make this terrible pun. <laughs> Lily let the, left the lid off, then Marshall blew his. <laughs> and he just like freezes with the glasses and on. And the glasses was... look like off too. That's so good. And he's just like. So good. Good job, Ted. Excellent Ted episode. See, I like when Ted story is kind of ancillary secondary yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he gets to just be whatever silly or right yeah no this was this was so good Mm -hmm. and it's also him like really knowing his friends which is right up his alley yeah robin insists that it's about the credit card debt um that they didn't get the loan but they don't believe her and to prove that he's right, he goes to the phone to check what the last number dialed was, assuming it was Lily calling Marshall. Mm-hmm. But it's a divorce attorney line. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The next scene, we have everybody on the kitchen floor eating their feelings. <laughs> and Robin points out that it was nice knowing them because in the breakup, she'll get Lily and they'll get Marshall. 
And Ted thinks that they all can still be friends and it won't be weird. And, you know, after all, he and Robin are still friends and it's not weird. <laughs> and there's this kind of beat and Robin counters with it. It's a little weird. And Ted agrees because it is a little weird. Yeah. And yep. this is like kind of the first time they've acknowledged that it's weird. I know. They haven't talked about it at all. So that was great that they broke the fourth wall a little bit there. Yeah. And we find Barney a little teary, and he <laughs> says that the world needs Marshall and Lily together, which we already know from um, Bachelor Party in Season 2, Episode 19, that Barney was instrumental in bringing Lily and Marshall back together. Yeah, and he also cried like a baby at their wedding, yep. so he's got a real soft spot for them. He does, for love. Yeah. Marshall and Lily come back into the apartment, and Ted... Tells them that they already know they got in a huge fight. So Lily explains that, yeah, they did get in a big fight. And Marshall stormed out and he went to the bar to drink. And Mm -hmm. we get this flashback and we see Marshall with the giant bottle of champagne because Mm -hmm. now money's pretty tight, apparently. So he might as well drink (laughs) it because he already paid for it. Lily proposes Marshall with the idea of getting divorced, which Marshall flips out about. So, you know, it's gonna be okay you know that he's not going to leave her right lily then realizes she lived with the wrong part and instead backs down and says no 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 no. let's get divorced on paper so then you can get the loan on his own but marshall turns her down because when he married her he married his problem all of her problems too even the ones he didn't know about and that they'll figure this out together it's just like ah bless him robin reminds them that They said they had an announcement to make. So Marshall tells them that they ended up calling the realtor and told them that they were going to pass in the apartment because it just didn't make sense with their finances. But by this time, we know that Mm -hmm. that's not true. Even though we want so badly for them to make the right choice. Yeah. And so we find out that they got the apartment. This is so hard. Like, it reminds me of, like, when you're an adult and you have to give hard truths to people you love yeah i know it's so hard to to know when when you really should do it i mean i think i would like to think i would be like robin and really pushing her to tell and all that but then if they were together they made this decision knowing everything would i have the place to say are you out of your mind i don't know it's hard it's it's like a tightrope you walk it's tough ultimately it's not your life that's right That's not the end of this mistake because after the cut, I said, this is what you get for buying the first house you step into. Marshall and Lily pull up after closing on the apartment for the first time on a weekday. Also, check out the house on different times of the day, different points in the week. And as soon as they open the taxi door, they are just overwhelmed by this horrible smell. And the taxi driver, who knows the city really well, says this whole neighborhood's downwind of the plant. And they say, come again. And he says, this neighborhood is downwind of the sewage treatment plant. And so you see him talk and all the words come up. And then slowly everything but the first two letters of each word disappears. And we have the name of the neighborhood. Doa So we know that the fallout from this mistake is only just beginning. Yep. And that is Doa Tripla. What did you think of this episode? Oh, so good. Yeah. So much fun. How about you? 
I love a Marshall and Lily episode. Me too. They're always interesting, and I like I like when they go through coupley things and the parallels that I can see in my own life. Mm-hmm. This was an episode really full of good lessons for Ted's children and for adults that are that are trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, don't don't rush into buying a house. Make sure you have the money. Be honest with each other. Be honest with your friends. Like there was a lot of a lot of morality built into this one and it was a really really great final episode for Brenda Shea so brava goodbye to one of our fantastic lady writers there are far too few of you mm-hmm. but a um, really good episode to end on excellent episode to end on so good job Brenda Shea our first legendary moment <laughs> comes from Russell who you remember is one of our Almighty Five patrons. And Russell writes, Hey, beautiful ladies. I would like to give you my legendary moment for Doe Tripla, which is at the end of the episode when they had figured out what the name stands for. And in unison, they said, Uh-oh. Trouble is heading their way, methinks. Talk to you later, Russell. Mm-hmm. Yep, you are spot on. Foreshadowing with that stink. Mm-hmm. All right, the next one is from Jeff, and he's a new listener. Oh, welcome, Jeff. And he says, hello, Kate and Caitlin. I've just come across your podcast and have been listening to some of the earlier ones that cover my favorite episodes, like Slap Bet. Dosa Tripla isn't one of my favorites, but I do like that, like any good Hymium episode, it has moments that reverberate into other episodes. My legendary moment is Barney casually picking up his coat and leaving the girl he picked up in the apartment. (laughs) It's a scumbag thing to do, but it perfectly encapsulates the character of Barney. The funniest line is a throwaway when Robin finds out he used her apartment for the same purpose and says her dog was acting weird. And Barney's reply, yeah, that little guy saw some things I'm not proud of. Again, scumbaggy, but a great Barney line. I'm enjoying the podcast a lot on my commute, so please keep up the good work. Jeff. Oh, P.S. I I can't remember which of you hadn't seen Buffy all the way through, but keep going. It's amazing. (laughs) I agree, Jeff. Jeff, that's me, Caitlin. I have not finished Buffy. I actually haven't even watched it in a few years. Uh, Perfect time to talk about it with with Phil Lewis being on this episode. So, Caitlin, get back on it. All right, all right, all right. Our next legendary moment comes from Susan. And Susan's legendary moment is the Mosby boys investigating what happened in the apartment, especially Robin's response to how dorky Ted is being. Agreed. I love that little insight to their relationship. Ew, Ted, that was on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) The next one is from Bethany, who's one of our patrons. And just remember, if you're a patron of any level, you get your full letter read in its entirety. Um, And others have been cut for time because there are 11 of you tonight. So Bethany Mm -hmm. says, hello, beautiful ladies. My legendary moment for this week is future Ted. I love how he kept hinting that they were making mistakes and what people should have been telling him versus people what were actually telling them. It is very reminiscent to me of when the gang is in Atlantic City. Oh, my God. I was just thinking this, Bethany. (laughs) And the girl at the courthouse keeps saying, is what I would have said if. So true. I like something Micucci. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I think it's Kristen Micucci. Half of uh, Garfunkel and Oates. Yep. Anyway, so she says, have a great week. Stay beautiful. Bethany. Excellent one. As we were wrapping up that last uh, scene, I thought that. So thank you for mentioning it. Our next legendary moment is from Ryan, another one of our patron. 
And Ryan writes, hello again to two of my favorite podcasting ladies. Sorry, I haven't been writing in lately. Life has been, well, life. Any We get it. Mm -hmm. I've been waiting to write in about this episode since day one, so I wasn't going to miss it. My legendary moment isn't something awesome or great that happened, but something that gets an audible guffaw from my wife and I whenever we see it. And that's the entire process of Lillian Marshall going from viewing a piece and getting approved for a mortgage in what appears to be less than a week. (laughs) We call behold shit. (laughs) Having bought a house five years ago, this physically hurts to watch. I know it's a TV show and they have to move along, but the process of physically signing the documents in one sitting takes longer than it did for them to be (laughs) ready to move in, and that's hilarious to me. So true. Very true. Anyway, sorry for the long one this time. I just wanted to make up for the missing the last few because reasons. Ryan, we're just happy to have you back. Yes, but Ryan, you're also being very mysterious, and now I want to know what's going on in your life. You don't have to tell me. I'm just a nosy person. (laughs) I'm a Pisces. We like gossip. Sorry. But I'm still listening along and loving every second. Your bud and Olive Garden apologist. (laughs) Ryan. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. (sighs) Ryan and I talk a lot about Olive Garden. It's getting out of control. Oh, God. All right. Uh, Our next one is from Tish, another one of our Almighty Five patrons. We love you, Tish. And Tish says, hi, ladies. My legendary moment is the whole CSI slash forensic science routine that Ted puts on. It reminds me of the cliche CSI moments. Ted even gets a moment where he he puts on his sunglasses to emphasize his point. P.S. I have been doing a CSI Miami slash New York rewatch, so maybe I just like this moment. Regards, Tish. That's perfectly okay. I mean, they just, they totally nailed it. It's so good. Bobby, another one of our patrons, writes in to us next saying, Hi, ladies. My legendary moment for this episode is Lily's bangs. <laughs> just kidding. LOL. <gasps> good it's one, Bobby. <laughs> very good. Loved it. Thank you for remembering about Bang Watch. <laughs> That's right. It's really important to us. It is. It's journalism. It, <laughs> at its finest. Hard-hitting facts. <laughs> It's actually Lily walking in on Ted shaving. Why wouldn't he lock the door if that's what he was shaving? I hope you're both doing well. Agreed. They just all were just too comfortable with each other. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's about. Yep. All right. So the next one is from Tanya, another one of our fabulous patrons. And Tanya says, hello, ladies. How's the HB family doing? I love this episode so much for many reasons, but often skip it during a rewatch-a-thon because I really hate Lily's black dress with the white cream embellishment. Girl, same. <laughs> all of it. All of her oh, outfit. The green and brown, like, Jackson Pollock with the gray panel on the back and the gray belt and then the tan boots. Stop it. Vomit. The whole thing was horrible. It makes me, like, motion sick. It's terrible. And you love the color green. I love... That was an abomination to it the was color horrible. green. Um, so, yeah, she says she just can't look at that dress. We agree. Add the fact that Marshall finds out about her debt when she has on the dress, and Tanya is in meltdown mode. My legendary moment is the whole scene where Ted and Barney are solving the case of Lily and Marshall's fight. Do I even have to explain why? It's Ted and his lamest, and I love it. We know, Tanya. We know you love Ted so much. <laughs> and this is an excellent Ted episode, as we've said, so... Mm-hmm. Love you guys, and my day is always made when I see the Hey Beautiful podcast in my feed. Aw. Have a marvelous day. Lots of love, Sister T. Aw. Thanks, Thanks Sister Tanya. T. 
Love her. Abha writes in, Hey, Kate and Caitlin, my favorite legendary moment is Marshall's monologue about why Ted didn't put the lid on the peanut butter jar. I've always loved Marshall's monologues. Same. Mm-hmm. Amazing piece of writing by Brenda Shea. Hey, thanks That's for calling right. out the writer. Good job, Brenda. Oh, we'll miss you. Yeah. Okay, the next one is Danny, and Danny says her legendary moment is the constant interruptions slash corrections slash advice from future Ted. In all caps. In all caps. And then she also said, I love this pod and love him. Yim. Thank you girls for being so legendarily awesome. Thanks, Danny. Thank Can't you. do it without you all. So thanks for listening. How about it? Mm-hmm. All right. Our 11th and last legendary moment for the podcast for the episode is Ooh. from Ronnie. Ronnie writes, hi, gals. My legendary moments are seeing Janice, a.k.a. the realtor, Marshall's monologue about the real world, Lily's outfit when they meet Janice. Really? And, <laughs> and the reveal of Doa Satripla and the smell. LOL. Talk to you later, gals. Ronnie. Good ones, Ronnie. Thank Love you. It. Thank you, everybody. What's your legendary moment, Caitlin? Um, it would have to be the whole Mosby Boys and crime scene reenactment. Nice. How about you? Absolutely Marshall's peanut butter jar rant about Hawaii and after. (laughs) Gets me every single time. It's this kind of inconsiderate, immature jackassery. Just love the word jackassery, too. So It is excellent. Yeah, that's one I got memorized. Love it. Good job, Brenda Shea. Great writing moments. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, We will see you next (gasps) time for spoiler alert. Yay! Hey, this might be my favorite season three episode. Awesome. Cannot wait. It's going to be so good. Is it, would you say it's going to be legendary? Perhaps I would. <laughs> so send us your legendary moments to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. And remember, if you love this recap, make sure to leave us an iTunes review. It helps other people find and join our hashtag HB family. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Spotify so you never miss a recap. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Horton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro-outro music is by Owl All. Owl All.